So it's really good to see everybody. Um, we're going to get back into our study um, of the life of Christ, uh, in the study of the life of Christ. If everybody remembers last week when we were together, or it actually wasn't last week, uh, y'all had somebody else teaching last week, but the week before that, we talked about John the Baptist. Does anybody remember we talked about how we talked about John the Baptist? Mm-hmm. And that John the Baptist was one of the greatest evangelists uh, or proclaimers of the kingdom to come along. And we're going to actually see some more of that today. But John the Baptist had been locked up in jail. Does anybody remember why he got locked up in jail? I, um, I know this. Um, King, King Herod, he was having an affair with yep. his brother. Yep. With his brother, with his brother, wife. Yeah, Herod, Herod married his, uh, his sister-in-law. He married his sister-in-law. And uh, that wasn't supposed to be done, and John the Baptist called him out on it. And, of course, you know, if you go and try to call out a powerful politician on what they're doing wrong, then you'll be the one to suffer, not them. I keep I giggle all the time when I watch the news, and I see all of these people talking about how Trump's going to jail or how uh, Biden's going to jail or, or uh, Hillary Clinton's going yeah. to jail. There's none of them going to jail. They're the ones that run the system. Uh, and But... Uh, John the Baptist uh, called them out. He called Herod out, and of course Herod had him locked up in the jail, and it eventually cost John his head. But last time we were together, the main focus was this, that John was a believer. John had trusted in Christ himself, and yet even John, as one of the greatest evangelists to ever live, and a believer in Christ, he still struggled with doubt in his own life. Remember, he sent some of his disciples to go ask Jesus. He said, hey, <clears throat> are you really the one? Like, and, and remember, this is the John the Baptist that jumped in his mother's womb when, when Mary came into the room with him. This is the one who saw uh, the Holy Spirit descend from heaven upon Jesus in the water and the voice heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So John had all of the reason in the world to be a believer, right? All the reason in the world. He had all the proof he needed, <clears throat> and yet he came to a time in his life where he began to doubt. And so often, as it is with you and I as believers, our expectations of kingdom life sometimes uh, supersede what they actually are. Um, the Jewish people missed their Messiah, did they not? Yes. He came to them, and why did they miss him? Because they were looking for a king, they were looking for a conqueror, they were looking for a ruler who was going to come in <clears throat> and get all the oppressive taxes off of their backs. They were looking for right here on earth. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were looking for somebody who was going to take the oppressive taxes off of their back, someone to get Herod uh, away from them, and someone to set them, the Jewish people, up as the rulers of the entire world. A warrior. Right. right. They, so they were looking for this warrior that was going to come in as a conqueror. And Jesus came in as a sacrifice. He came in and showed what it looks like to die to self. He showed what it looks like to live for but the it Father. Was written in their scriptures. Sure, yeah, that's exactly right. And so uh, it was written in their scriptures. All of those prophecies were there. The suffering servant was uh, definitely there. You can look in Isaiah 53. You can look in Psalms 22. There's plenty of places in the scriptures that show that. Didn't Jesus also mention that so this this prophecy would be fulfilled? Yeah, and yeah, and not only that, he told them through several, several times that he was going to Jerusalem to die. And they, they couldn't hear that. They didn't fit into their program or into their scheme. And so all of us in this room can be just as guilty 
of the Jewish people in the sense that, uh, especially in today's world we live in, when you look at the health and wealth and prosperity gospel messages going around, and you've got all these preachers on the TV telling you that you're going to get, you know, a, a, a four-car garage and and a, 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 a beautiful wife and, and, a, and, you know, a bank full of money and, and a healthy life and no sickness or no diseases, and you're just going to get all these blessings poured on your life. And then when life kind of starts crushing down on top of our heads, we go, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for, right? And so what we have to remember is, is that this life is given to us by God, and that during this life, the whole point is for us to look upward and not outward or inward. It's to look to Him, look to the one who's going to provide us life for how long? For eternity, not just for the 40, 50, 60, 30, 40, 50, 60 years you have left. This is, we're talking about eternity here. And so John the Baptist uh, was doubting. He had doubts in his life. And so he sent a message to Jesus and uh, he said, are you really the one? And does anybody remember what we learned that Jesus' reply was? What did he say to John the Baptist? Anybody remember? Well, let's let's look together and, and Luke. Let's look. So many different things. Right. I'm thinking you've seen me, you've seen the Father, but that wasn't it. Uh, no. Where are we looking? Uh, let's look in verse uh, Luke chapter seven, Luke chapter seven, and we will look at verses eighteen through twenty-four really quickly because we're going to look at twenty-four through thirty-five today. So it says this: the disciples of John. This is Luke. 7 verse 18 Luke 7 verse 18 the disciples of John reported to him about all these things and summoning two of his disciples John sent them to the Lord saying are you the expected one or do we look for someone else and that was John's doubt yeah because yeah. he was going through it yeah he was in jail he was locked up he was locked up for doing the right thing he he called this guy out on what he was doing wrong and he got locked up now, when you, I work in jail ministry, <clears throat> and I, I, it's rare that you meet somebody that's truly guilty in jail. Did you know that? They, <laughs> they usually don't do it, right? It, it wasn't me. It was her, or it was... We're all it, Yeah, yeah, we're all... Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, but John is actually has a reason to gripe. He actually did the right thing. He stood up for the kingdom of God and called this man out on living the wrong way, and yet he's locked up. So it says in verse 20, When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? And at that very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said to him, to them, Go and report to John what has been seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to him. Blessed are those who do not take offense at me. All right? Now, look what he says. John the Baptist goes to Jesus and said, Are you really the one? And what does Jesus say? The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. So what Jesus is doing is, number one, he's pointing to the fact that the miracles that he is performing are proof that he is who he says he is. Right? Not And that is also the Old Testament prophetic signs of the Messiah. So in the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament shows us that when the Messiah comes, what's going to happen? Blind are going to receive their sight. Lepers are going to be cleansed. The deaf are going to hear. The dead are going to be raised. And the poor are going to have the gospel preached to them. 
And y'all remember we went back into Isaiah last time we were together and looked at those prophecies. And so what is Jesus saying? The promises of my Father are being fulfilled through me. And when we, we closed our lesson together last time, talking about the blind receiving sight, the lame walk, and the lepers cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. We talked, we finished up with that. And so there, is, there was an actual physical manifestation of that. There were actually, Jesus was actually causing blind people to see. He was actually causing lame people to walk. He was actually causing lepers for their skin to be healed. He was actually causing deaf people to hear, raising the dead. These were physical things that were actually happening. But there is also a spiritual reality to those things as well. John right? was wondering, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Isn't Jesus supposed to protect me? Yep, yep. And so, remember, what did Jesus say in the Scriptures? He says, they hated me, they're going to hate you. You're mine, but you're going to live in persecution because of my name. They're going to persecute you because of my name. Right. We're looking towards heaven. Yeah, and and the reality is the world that you live in right now, the world that we live in right now, that persecution is coming. Um, They're starting to tighten down. Yeah, they're starting to tighten down the screws on your being able to preach the truth of the Word of God. It's happening all around you right now. But in a spiritual sense... What does it mean to say that the blind receive sight? What does that mean in a spiritual sense? Not physical eyes. Our eyes are open to the gospel. Good, that's exactly right. We have the ability to believe. Very good. So remember, what did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Unless you are born again, you cannot what? See. You cannot see or enter the kingdom of God, right? You can't see the kingdom of God. So there's there's a physical reality to the Messiah. That he was actually healing blind people, but there was a spiritual reality to that as well, wasn't there? That the gospel, the people's eyes were being open to the gospel of who he was. What about the lame walking? What does it mean to be lame? Right? And that's not in the, in the modern sense like where you are done, right? Doesn't work. Huh? Like one of your limbs. You're sick. You can't work. There, there's a there's a funny story in the Old Testament um, where. John, uh, where Elijah was having a battle with some false prophets on Mount Carmel, and the Jew, the Israelites had been worshiping the Baals. They had been worshiping these false gods, and so Elijah has a showdown with the priests of the false gods, and they all get up on top of this big mountain, and uh, all of the Israelites are around watching this this battle going on between Elijah and the priest. And they had this showdown. You'll have to read it on your own. I'm not going to go into detail about it. But where, um, where is that? It's, uh, I would have to go back and look. It's going to be in one of, in Kings probably. For, I think it's First Kings. Like I, I can't call it off the top if of my you head. You get it later on text. Okay. I really want to okay. Read that. All right. So well, what what the battle consisted of was is that the prophets of Baal took a, an animal, a, a cow, they cut it all up and put it on top of some wood. And then they were supposed to call out to the Baals, to their gods, and that the gods were supposed to send fire down from out of heaven and burn up uh, the, 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 the sacrifice. And so they, they screamed and hollered all day long and danced around and cut themselves with swords and were crying out to the Baals for them to pour fire down out of heaven and, and burn the, the, the sacrifice up. And, of course, it never happened. Why? Because the Baals are not real gods. So then Elijah, he... Uh, he actually takes his sacrifice. He calls out to God, and what happens? 
the fire comes down from heaven and burns up everything, and then all of the people fall on their faces and worship God. But the whole reason that I'm bringing that up, the reason I'm bringing that story up is because if you have a King James Bible, um, in the King James, um, it says this. Uh, Elijah looks at the Israelites before he calls down the fire from heaven, and he looks at them and he says this. How long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you halt between two opinions? All right. So what was going on with the Israelites? They were bouncing back and forth between the Baals and the real God. But the King James, the Old English, uses the word halt. And that word halt means lame. You see? So what he was saying is, how long are you going to live your life limping around between the Baals and the real God? And not making a commitment. And not making a commitment. So the word lame or halt means to what? To limp around and not be able to walk properly. You see? So if God heals the lame, what does he... Does it also mean indecisive? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does mean to be halt. So it it also means to be indecisive. So, So watch. What is he? What is he saying there? He's saying, "How long are you going to live your life limping around?" You see, and so when Jesus comes and heals the lame, what is he doing? He's giving us the ability to do what? Get the word. Yeah, to walk in a proper fashion. Mm-hmm. To walk according to the word of God. Um, so it's um. Yeah, right here. Uh, it's um first uh, the the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal is in First uh, Kings eighteen, uh, chap uh, chapter eighteen verses twenty five uh, through forty six. First Kings eighteen twenty five through forty six. So if you want to write that down and read that story on your own on your own time. Um, twenty five through forty six. First Kings eighteen twenty five to forty six. So, um, so the. Lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, right? What is leprosy? It was a disease of the skin. So for him to say that the the lepers were cleansed, Jesus was actually healing lepers, leprosy, which is something that we still don't heal today. It's a virus. You don't, we don't heal viruses, guys. That's why this, I, I giggle when I look at this um, uh, what, what a vaccine for coronavirus, right? <laughs> we, we don't heal, we, we've not figured out a way to cure viruses. All right. We don't cure AIDS. We don't cure the flu. And if they get a vaccine for the coronavirus, they're not going to cure the coronavirus either. We don't heal viruses. We don't we have them. Bi- that's exactly right. And so when he says the lepers are cleansed, Jesus would go in and touch these people, and their skin would clean up. So in a spiritual sense, what would it mean to have our leprosy cleansed? Our minds clear up. We can away. see clearly and we believe something. Okay, good. Right. And what else? Our sins washed away. Yeah, our sins are washed away. And our we life don't want to sin no more. And our life is well, we still do want to sin. I know, but we don't want but to. But we fight against it. But what what does it mean? Well, he washes me clean, he makes my life clean again. Like he 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 restores me to a, a fellowship with him and to a good relationship with him and my neighbors. You see, like so that means he, I have to stop persecuting Sue every day. Huh? <laughs> yes, Lord, you have to stop yes. that. So, what about the deaf hearing? What would be the spiritual reality of the deaf hearing? Being able to hear the word, receive it, it makes sense. Very good. You hear it, and it makes sense. And remember, guys, the only—I don't care who the teacher is. I don't care who the teacher is. 
If the Holy Spirit is not at work in the room, you won't hear anything. It's the Word of God. That's so true. It's the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us, that brings salvation. Feel the Holy yeah. Spirit. Well, I'd be uses, careful about that feeling. He uses you to, to perform it. He uses a teacher as a way to do that. So I can come in and be the most persuasive person you ever want to meet, but if the Holy Spirit's not at work, you won't believe. You see how that works? Right. And so one of the things that I know that I pray, and I hope that other pastors are praying the same thing, is is that, God, please help me. Don't let my sinful nature be get in the way of the beauty of your truth and your word. And, God, I pray that you will help me to be able to explain things in such a way that people can hear them and receive them and believe them. Like, that's, that's one of my greatest prayers is that people will understand the scriptures through the teaching. But I don't have that power to be that persuasive. I can't do that. It takes the Holy Spirit and it takes the word of God to open a man or woman's ears up to the truth. To be able to see it, to be able to walk in it, right? That, that's what the Holy Spirit is required for me able to be able to keep on the straight path. The Holy Spirit is required for me to be able to open my eyes and see the truth. And the Holy Spirit is required to clean my life up. I can't just do that on my own. All right? And so all of these things. And it said the dead are raised up. <coughs> right? What did you say? Unless you are born again, you cannot receive the kingdom of God. Why? Because the Bible says that you and I in Ephesians 2, it says we are dead in trespasses and sin. And so in the same way that Jesus called Elijah out of the grave... The Holy Spirit calls dead men like me and you out of this dead world and brings life to us. You see how that works? And so not and then he says having the the poor having the gospel preaching them. Now we learned about this a couple months ago when Jesus said what blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom, right? And, and so uh, it's not just necessarily talking about poor or not having any money in your pocket, right? That's part of it, but it's also poor in spirit. Right, mm-hmm. this world beats us up, does it not? It takes yeah. advantage of us. It hurts us. It drags us down. I'm tired every day when I get up and go to work. It's like a grind. It's a constant grind. And so there, that this world will impose its poverty upon us. But when the gospel comes along, we're made rich through the promises of Christ and and through the gospel message. Okay, so that's just a quick review uh, of last week. And now we're going to get into the. I handed you out a piece of paper. So now Jesus is going to commend John the Baptist, right? So he's now sent a message back to John to encourage John and say, look, the, the kingdom is here and the kingdom promises are being fulfilled. And even though John is fixing to lose his head and have it placed on a platter, um, we can read in the book of Revelation and know that John the Baptist is at the throne of God now thanking him uh, for the privilege of being a martyr for his name. Right When you go and read the book of Revelation, it said all of the martyred saints, their blood is up under the throne, screaming out what? How long, Lord? How much longer are you going to let this kind of nonsense go on? When are you going to step down there and do something about this? But John the Baptist is honored, and he was honored to lose his head for Christ. And that's not something that we, we're very uh, uh, happy about, right? We don't like to die to self. We don't want to die. We don't like to die at all. <laughs> no, we don't want to die. And we don't want to suffer either, do we? That's, that was, that's in us. Yep. yep. We don't want to suffer. We, we don't want to suffer. We don't want to be persecuted. Um, we don't want to be picked on or looked down upon. Right? How many times at your workplace have you just kept your mouth shut when other people were saying things just because you just didn't want to be like that Christian? 
You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Well, I mean, technically, yeah, I'm actually saying, but when it comes to work, some things I got no say in. I'm just coming. I'm just here to do my job. Yeah. Well, and that is true. And there's a lot, there's actually a lot of Christians do the wrong thing, and they spend their whole time on the clock preaching to other folks instead of doing their job. And that puts a bad look on Christians, doesn't it? Why? Because we're supposed to be model employees. We're supposed to be the ones that don't aren't disgruntled. We're not complaining about our coworkers, right? Those are all things that we should be doing. But what do we do as Christians? We get to work. We complain about our coworkers. We grumble. We try to get off the clock early. We, we you know we cheat the time. We go sit in the bathroom and look on our cell phones instead of being at work. God took me out of that world. I have no excuse. All right, good. All right, so to, let's go ahead and get into the lesson today um let's look at luke chapter 7 since we're already there and look at 24 through 27 all right luke chapter 27 verse 24 um through 27 and uh why don't we have i, I we've not met yet so i'm going to let you read that for us okay uh, uh so raymond, raymond. okay so raymond's going to read luke 7 verses 24 to 27 for us okay here we go when the messiah of John, what that is Messiah. messenger? Oh, when the messengers of John and of John had had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you got? What did? What is it? Where did you go out? Where did you go out into the? When did you go out into the wilderness? Okay. To see. To see. A knee. Reed. A reed snake. Shaking by the wind, but what did, but what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garment. Indeed, those who are what is splendidly clothed, splendidly clothed, appear and live in what is luxury. Luxuries are in Cain's courts. But, yeah, it, it it just got a different translation. You do it fine. Go ahead. But what did you go? But what? Di, but what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he, of whom I, of whom it is written. Okay. Behold, I send my messengers before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? Okay, very good. All right, and so get somebody to read. Um, why, why don't we work this way? Um, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 7, verses uh, um, 28. Yeah, 28 through 35. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with John the Baptist, with with the baptism of John the Baptist. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, Where unto... Then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like unto the children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you and have not danced. We have mourned unto you 
and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye, and ye say, He hath a devil. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man, and a wine babbler, a friend of publicans and, and sinners. But whom... But but wisdom is justified of all her children. All right, there you go. Okay, so let's um, it's, I need to let's turn Mark that, and we're going to go over to Matthew and read Matthew's account of the same passage. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter eleven. So it's Luke seven and Matthew eleven, and uh, you want to read that for? So, so we're going to look at Matthew eleven, and we want to look at verses seven um, through. 24. So why don't you read about 7 through 15? Oh, you ain't a good reader? Alright, Lord, why don't you read that for us? Alright, Matthew, we'll let the ladies read it. That'll be fine. Matthew 11, verses 7 through 15, and then you read 16 through uh, 19, okay? As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did your what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft cloth clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's house. What then did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is... He of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face. You will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven have suffered violence and the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John and if you are willing to accept it he is Eli who is to come he who has ears to hear let him hear alright Lord you want to finish that for us 16 through 19 16 through 19? Yep. Okay. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played a flute for you, and we did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. All right, very good. So let's go back now. Yep. Did you have something well, to add? Yeah. Um. So we talk about. We're gonna go through it. We're gonna go. All through, and, we're gonna go through this whole what we just read and talk about all of it. So let's wait. Get you that. I was talking about the, the drinking part. I guess I was playing the flute. Yeah, we're getting there. We're going to go through all of it, okay? So really quickly, um, in uh, Luke 7, 24 through 27, and Matthew 7 through 10, 11, 7 through 10, y'all see your worksheet I got there for you. Jesus addresses the crowd <coughs> concern, <coughs> <excuse me coughs> concerning John. 
And he asked him, Jesus asking the crowd, excuse me, what did you go out to see? Now, what is he talking about? What did you go out to see? He's talking about John the Baptist. And remember, John the Baptist's ministry was out where? In the wilderness. wilderness. That's exactly right. Now, remember the children of Israel? They spent time in the wilderness too, didn't they? Right? And what was that wilderness experience for? It was a test to see whether they were going to trust God or not, right? That was what the wilderness experience is about. Well, here's this major prophet from God that is in the wilderness and is giving the people a test. What are they going to do with the promises of God? Do you see how that works? It all ties together because John the Baptist is proclaiming the same promises again. What are the promises that the Messiah is here? Now, what, so what, what he's asking him is, what y'all to go out there to see? Why did you leave Jerusalem and go out to the wilderness? Well, because the world that they live in, they were poor, they were broken, they were busted. Um, the, in Jerusalem, there was the <clears throat> crooked politicians, there was the crooked priests, the, the defunct religious system of the day that was all external and no internal, right? And so here's this wild man out there preaching about the coming Messiah and everybody leaves Jerusalem and goes out to hear what he's saying. So why did they go out there? Uh, He said, what did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaking in the wind or a man dressed in soft clothes or a prophet? Well, Jesus said, I tell you that he was more than a prophet. Now, what does Jesus mean by saying that John the Baptist is more than a prophet? He was the one to prepare the way. For Good. Him. So, so let's um, keep your mark there, and we're going to turn back to the just to your left a little bit to the last book in the Old Testament, which is the book of Malachi, and look at Malachi three one. Right, <clears throat> Malachi three one. It says this. Behold, now this is Malachi three one is written about four hundred years before John the Baptist was born. Okay, Malachi chapter three verse one was written about four hundred years. It's, it's the the first. If you're if you were in the book of Luke, turn back to your left. It's the fir- last book in the Old Testament. So it's Matthew, and then keep going back to the left past Matthew. And Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So it's Malachi three and verse one. All right, Malachi three and verse one. And look what Malachi, the prophet, Malachi 3.1. All right. So this is Malachi, a prophet. This is 400 years before John the Baptist is ever born. And look what he says. Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So, there's a prophet that would be coming. The Malachi is prophesying and saying that there's this prophet that's going to come and he's going to proclaim that the Messiah is here. The Messiah has come and come to his temple. All right? And so, what is Jesus doing? We can go back now to, to uh, Luke, uh, Ma- uh, Matthew 11, uh, or, or to Luke 7. We'll do the Luke 7 passage. And Matthew, uh, Jesus is saying that John the Baptist is the, the fulfillment of that prophecy. That he is not only a prophet, he's more than a prophet because he is the prophet, the one that is to declare that the Messiah is here. Does that make sense to everybody? So, so again, the title the of our... The Jewish, the, the top religious men in the Jewish religion 
lived and breathed this scripture, and they missed it. Yeah, well, but that's what sin does. Or maybe does. they chose to miss it. Right. They did. They willfully suppressed the truth in the same way that we did too. That's what sin does to us. That's what our natural fallen nature does. We willfully suppress the truth of God and don't want to hear it. Because if God is God, then I'm not. But all the prophecies that have been fulfilled and the different things that have happened, it wouldn't have happened in any other way. That's exactly right. But thankfully, God has opened our eyes, opened your eyes to that truth so that you can see that. Because if he didn't, you would have never, you would have never, you wouldn't believe it anyhow. So, uh, he's more than a prophet. So again, the title of our lesson today is Jesus commends John the Baptist. What does it mean to commend somebody? To, to give them props, to congratulate them, to to say that this is it. so. John the Baptist was in prison, locked up, doubting. But what is Jesus doing? He's lifting him up and saying, "This guy is more than a prophet." Now, um, look at verse eight, uh, seven twenty-eight, and this is a weird Luke, Luke seven verse twenty-eight. This is a really weird statement that Jesus makes. What's that? Luke chapter 7, verse 28. Now think about what Jesus is saying here. Luke 7, verse 28. I say to you that among men, those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet, he who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What a weird statement that is, isn't it? What Jesus is saying is there is no greater man than born of women than John. But the smallest person in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. What in the world? How can we reconcile that? Anybody want to take a guess? Right? How can we reconcile that? Well, here's the reality. Why is John so great? Why is John so great? His chosen disciple. Thank you very much. John is so great because of the role that he has been given. What is the role that he has been given? God, my study Bible. All right. All right. Don't be cheating and look at the study Bible. Right? Right. What, what does it mean? What does it mean to say that John has been given the role of declaring the Messiah is here? That's what makes him so great. Nobody else has had that privilege. He is the one that gets to declare this is the Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So in that sense, he is greater than anyone that had ever been born. But it says that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What does that mean? Even the garden man out there in the yard. Even the garden man out in the yard is greater than John. Why? Because John pronounced the coming of the Messiah. But anyone who is in the kingdom of God has seen and knows the Messiah. And not only John that... John got to see it with his eyes physically. It yep. goes after the right. cross. And not only that, but the least of the kingdom has believed on what? This, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Right. So not only... Faith without sight. Right. So John had the greatest role by announcing that he was here, but the least in the kingdom has received what that proclamation was proclaiming, which is salvation. You see? So... If you're in the kingdom, you get a greater role than John because you're in the kingdom. John was pronouncing the kingdom is here. The least in the kingdom is in the kingdom. So you see the difference? John is great because of the role that he has been given. And not only that, like 
I mean, we're still studying John the Baptist today. That makes him a pretty established character in, in, the, in the history of the kingdom, right? So he is great. But he was great because of the role that he was given, which is to what? Announce the Messiah coming. And he baptized him. Yeah, and he baptized him. Yep. Can you imagine? He was a prophet. He was a prophet. He was a prophet. Yeah, and he was prophesied. So he's a fulfillment of prophecy. But the least in the kingdom has received the promise that he was proclaiming, which makes it even greater. Right? If you are in the kingdom, that means you have received the promise that he had been proclaiming, and that makes you even greater. You, it's not that you're announcing that promise. You've received it. You see how that works? So look at that passage again. Hopefully that will help it to make sense to you. I say to you that among women there is no one greater than John, yet he who is the least in the kingdom is greater than he is. You see how that works? Because how long does the kingdom last? For eternity. You see? And once you're in that kingdom, you have eternal life. And you have a hope that this world cannot give you. You see? Okay. All right. So... Um, Let's look at the uh, Matthew 11, uh, um, Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 12 through 14. Uh, This is a kind of a strange passage. It said, from the days of John the Baptist until now. Uh, Y'all are following along. If you've got that worksheet we're on, we're in um, number three there. Uh, Matthew 11, 12 through 14. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And violent men take it by force. For all of the prophets and the laws prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept that John himself is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Alright? And so, um, I, I mainly, we're not going to have a lot of time today because we got to cut short for, for y'all to leave. Um, but I, I think what I want you to see in this passage that we just read is the uh, verse 15. It's so super important. Look what it says. Jesus says this a lot, especially in the book of Mark. You see it in the book of Mark a lot. Look what it says. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, I look around this room, and everybody in this room has got ears. I think Lori's got ears. Her hair's covering them. But everybody in this room has ears. Now, I don't know a whole lot of people that don't have ears. I, I did know a lady one time that didn't have an outer ear lobe. Like, she just had a hole in the side of her head. I'm not picking on I'm just saying that was a fact. Right? She still could, had an ear. But what does Jesus mean when he said, he who has ears let him hear? Because everybody's got ears. But they don't always hear. That's exactly right. So what does it mean when Jesus says, he who has ears let him hear? But the pagan... And, uh, what does that mean? He who has ears... Huh? Willing? Well, there's a willingness to hear it. That's exactly right. Because your kids, you can scream at your kids and they won't hear you unless they want to, Right? You go tell them to clean their room and do this and do that, and then we'll have pizza later, and they won't hear anything about the clean your room or any of that. All they hear is what? We're having pizza later today. So there is a willingness. There is a willingness to hear. Right. But what does he mean when he says, he who has ears, let him hear? Well, remember, let's go back up to the promises. What did he tell John the Baptist? The deaf hear. Remember? The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. So what Jesus is saying is, if the Holy Spirit opens your ears to the truth, you'll be able to hear it. So it's not just physical ears that he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual ears. He who has ears, let him hear. That's a really great statement, isn't it? And we should all pray that. Oh God, give me the ears to hear your truth. Oh God, give me the ears to hear your truth. Help me to hear. 
And hearing is not just listening, it's hearing, right? It's acknowledging it and, and acting upon it too. So he who has ears, let him hear. Um, and he also said, he mentions there that John is Elijah. And that, that again refers back to Malachi. Remember, he said God was going to send Elijah. So what is Elijah? Elijah is one of the greatest prophets to ever live. This John the Baptist is going to be the greatest prophet to ever live. Why? Because he's going to, well, he, Jesus is actually the greatest prophet to ever live. But the, the prophecy that he gets to proclaim fulfilled is the greatest, is that the kingdom is at hand, that Jesus is here. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world has come. So um, next, what we want to focus on, and you'll see that in number four on your worksheet there, uh, in Luke 7, uh, verses 20. If y'all hadn't noticed, we got two verses we're doing today, so you might as well just keep them to uh, Luke 7 and Matthew 11, Mark. In Luke 7, verses 29 to 30, it says this, When all of the people and the tax collectors heard this, they acknowledged God's justice, having been baptized with the baptism of John. Uh, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purpose for themselves, not having been baptized by John. Okay, so John is preaching, and there are two reactions to his preaching. What are the two reactions? All the people and the tax collectors and the Pharisees and lawyers. Two different reactions. All right. So what was the reaction of the all the people and the tax collectors. Now, what what does that represent? All the people and the tax collectors. The regular old Joe. Yeah, the sinners and the busted up folks that were out there listening to John's message. They declared God just, having been baptized. Now, what in the world does that mean? What was John preaching? Why was John saying that you needed to be baptized? What did he say? Be cleansed. Well, it wasn't to clean, it, it wasn't to clean because it's the Holy Spirit that cleanses us. It is a symbol of us being cleaned on the inside. But what did John? What was John's message? Somebody, I heard somebody say the word. What did John the Baptist say? Repent and be baptized. What does it mean to repent? Turn away. Turn away from to to to. Willfully acknowledge that you're in sin and that you're living the wrong way and turn away from sin and self and turn to Christ. To turn away from the things that you have done in the past, the things that you are doing today, and the things that you plan to do tomorrow, and turn to what Jesus has done for you on the cross. You see? It's to turn away from self and to turn to Christ. So John the Baptist was out there in the wilderness preaching this message that we were all sinners and that we needed to repent. We needed to turn. Why do we need to turn? Because if we keep going that way, what happens? If we keep going the wrong way, what happens? Eternal destruction. God pours his wrath out on us for eternity. So what is John saying? Turn around. Don't go that way. And so what it says is the people declared God, not John the Baptist, declared God just by turning from sin. You see what that means? They recognize that God is just. What does it mean to say God is just? He's right. So what, are they, how, what does it mean when it says that the people declared God just? They turned away from their wrong and turned to His right. You see how that works? And once they repented... Once they recognized their sin and that they were wrong and turned away from it, then what did they do? They were baptized, right? So, what does it take for me to repent? Repentance is a gift from God. 
someone proclaims the law, the gospel to you, and you recognize that you are wrong and he is right. And that's you, because you we've been granted faith. Yeah, you, that's exactly right. Repentance is actually a gift from God too. Yeah. Like the ability to turn around. Because you can't otherwise. Okay. So um, remind me your name again. Jeremy brought up an important point. He said, well, if you get baptized, you're getting cleansed. Well, the reality is that by repenting, it shows that God has cleansed you from your sin because you're turning away from it. And the baptism is just an outward symbol of what has already happened inside of you. You see how that works? So, if you don't repent and you get baptized, when you come out of that water, you're still a wicked rebel and a sinner. You see? Even though you're soaking wet from head to toe, if you're a Baptist, right? even though you're soaking wet from head to toe, if you're a Baptist, right? right? Uh, the reality is, if there has not been a heart change, there's no, not going to be any life change. You're not cleansed. But a true, a person who has truly been granted repentance from God, who has truly turned from sin itself, and has truly been baptized. Well, Ronnie, if your heart has been changed and you never get the opportunity to... To be baptized, are you still saved? Ask the thief on the cross. I think so. Today I you will be so with to, this day you will oh, be with me right. in paradise. He was hanging on the cross. He, yep, he had no chance to be baptized. But no. so it's the baptism of the heart that truly matters. Right? That's what Paul mentions in, in the book of Romans. We're gonna run out of time just like That's always. What the blood of Jesus was for. It baptized the whole earth at once. Well, it baptized all of those who died to save. Yes, one twenty. Yeah, because if it baptized the whole earth, then That's the whole yeah, then the whole earth would be saved. I, I know you, you always rush me. That's okay. I don't mean to. I gotta right. get them back. All right, so um, let's um, let's finish here today. Let let's finish with this passage today. I do want to look at one more passage, but um, so the first reaction was the people and the tax collectors. What did they do? They repented. They were baptized. They declared God just. That was the first reaction. What is the second reaction? The Pharisees and the lawyers. What did the Pharisees and the lawyers do? They rejected the purpose of God. And they sunk their feet in even deeper. And they did not receive baptism. Now, did they go to hell because they didn't get baptized? No. No, they went to hell because they rejected the kingdom's message. They rejected the gospel. You see? They went to hell because instead of turning, they were trying to pay for their sins through their own works, through who they were, through their Jewish. Their religion got worse and worse and worse teaching them that it was something that they did. That's exactly right. And they refused to turn from what they were doing and turn to what Christ had done. So because they refused to repent, because they refused to turn, they died and went to hell. So what was the two reactions to, to the proclamation of John the Baptist? One group received it. And believed it. And one, group rejected one group rejected and walked away from it. Now, one last statement, and uh, just to kind of address this baptism thing y'all were looking at, let's turn. We'll finish with this passage. Turn with me to the book of Romans, really quick. Romans chapter two. And let's look at that passage. I want you to think about what this is saying. Romans 2, 27, 28, and 29. Watch what this is saying. This is Paul addressing the Jewish people. He's addressing the Jewish crowd that's listening to the uh, gospel according to the book of Romans. It says this, He who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you though through having the letter of the law and circumcision are transgressors of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. 
but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart. By the Spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from of God. So watch what he's saying to the Jewish people. A true Jew is not a Jew just because he has been physically circumcised. A true Jew is someone who has had their heart circumcised. Okay? And he says this. He is not a Jew outwardly, nor is it that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and that circumcision is of which is of the heart. By the Spirit. So Jew meaning Christian. By the Spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. Now, what I want to do is I want to, let's, let's change the words there. Instead of Jew, let's put Christian, and instead of circumcision, let's put baptism. And let's we'll see if this helps, all right? For he is not a Christian who is one outwardly. Nor is that baptism which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Christian who is one inwardly, and the baptism is that of the heart by the Spirit and not by the letter, and his praise is not from men but of God. You see how that works? It's, it's not anything external that you do that causes you to be a child of God. It's God's working in you that causes you to be a child of God. So God's work is not an external work. It's an, it's an internal work. Now, if the internal work is done, well, guess what's going to happen? The external is going to show it. If the inward work has been done, the external is going to show it. So now think about what we learned today. John the Baptist preached the gospel and the inward work was being done and the sinners and the tax collectors, what did they do? They turned from sin itself and were baptized. You see how that works? Is everybody with me on that? You see, how, see what happened? God worked inwardly so they turned to the outward sign. But there was a lot of Jews in that crowd, the Pharisees and the lawyers and the, and, and, uh, the Sadducees, that had the external circumcision, but when they heard the gospel message, what did they do? They turned away from it and refused to be baptized. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, close with a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for your time today. All right. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this chance to study your word. Thank you for everyone here and their willingness to come and learn about you. And my prayer is that you will help us to all turn away from what we're doing and turn to what your son Jesus has done for broken folks like us. Help everybody this week to go out into this dark, dark world and to share your light and your glory with others. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys. He was a Jew. That's like, Well, it... Yeah. Today it will be modern. It's a